0: This is Episode 4 of the Empower Me Parents Podcast, and today's topic is Success and Failure. Welcome to the Empower Me Parents Podcast, a proudly South African podcast for parents of high school students. Your child's success and all the rest is our mission. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Nicole van Rensburg. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super glad you're here to hear this discussion about two topics that are quite near and dear to every parent and person and human's heart and that is success and failure as I said in the intro. So as we know it is reports time. Our beautiful children have been through exams and the reports are looming or they've already come out. And I'd like to encourage you to start this process by reflecting on the exam time before you even look at the report. If you have not done this yet, or the report's already arrived, it's really worth having this conversation with your child. And we could start first of all, before we talk to our child, about thinking, how was the exam time for me as the parent? Was I anxious? Was I stressed? Was I whining? Was I moaning? Was I not present, what was the exam time for me? Because it affects us. It's our children. And then you can ask yourself, what are my expectations of my child's results? And then we can have a discussion with our children. What was the exam time like for them? What are they expecting? And go in as much detail as possible to try and reflect on the whole process and try to identify the areas in which we can work on, or try to manage the expectation for the subjects that are not necessarily their favorite. And we want to do this conversation in a non-judgmental way to start creating the atmosphere of excitement and calm and ready to see the report without intense fear and stress. So let's dive into today's topic, Succeeding, Never Failing. I chose this title because the concept is such an incredible mind shift and is so contrasting to how we and our children are taught at school and possibly raised. So I'd like you to remember that all of these things that I'm talking about today are of course my opinion and are also through observations from when I was a teacher and through my life coaching of teens and parents. So you don't have to agree with everything, but it's just worth consideration. Now at school and in university, there is concrete data and criteria for academic success and failure in terms of marks. And it can easily let our children to start to feel like those marks are a reflection on who they are as humans and their self-worth. The academic pressure in schooling today, in my opinion, is outrageous. The content and difficulty is increasing in lower and lower grades. It's almost as if every year they, this mysterious they, decide to take university-level content and filter it down into school to keep up with the information overload culture that we are sitting with. We're trying frantically to prepare our kids for a future that we aren't sure of by adding more and more content, more and more pressure at younger and younger ages. I'm truly worried about where this all will lead. So let's look in more depth at the concepts of success and failure that are so on our mind every single day. I'm going to start with looking at the dictionary definition of success. Now here are two definitions that I found that I quite liked. The first one is the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. The other one is achievement of personal goals whatever they may be. Now, we all know these definitions, but I have found recently through much growth and much research that this particular definition is not helpful. Yes, we want to achieve our goals. Yes, we want to achieve our dreams, but What it creates in our mind is that there is better than here. And when we often, if we think of our own lives, when we often have achieved a goal, we get there and very rarely are we satisfied. Very rarely are we excited. Very rarely do we feel successful because what's next? We can always do better. And therefore, if we look at it that way, we will never truly Achieve success. So, I'd like to reframe that and start to condition myself and my children and my community and everyone around me to rather think of success as a journey. A successful person is someone who is on their way and on the path and taking action and moving towards their dreams. And what that shows is that every time I'm a little better than I was yesterday or every time a little better than I was the previous time, I am being successful because I'm on my way to success and on the way to my dreams. And we know that our dreams constantly change. They constantly develop into something bigger and better and it should be that way. We should be excited about our dreams and they should be huge. Otherwise, there's no motivation to go that way. And if we are Every day a little bit closer to that, even though it's shifting, we are being successful. At least that's my thought. If we look now at the definition of failure, dictionary definition is an unsuccessful person or thing, or the neglect or omission of expected or required action. Now, I quite like that second one the neglect or omission of expected or required action. Because in order to be successful, we have to take action. But we all know some of the biggest and most successful people have had the biggest and most catastrophic failures on their journey towards success. And if we look at failure as action-based, failure is... Part of the journey towards getting to success, it is not so devastating. I do not like the idea of an unsuccessful person. That implies that there's something wrong with you. That implies that something hideous has gone wrong and it's the end of the world. But if we look at failure as just an indication of this is not the right way or an indication of something we can learn and then pivot and move in the right direction or move in a different direction or completely flip the switch and still move towards our goal, that is a lot better. That feels better in my body. So failure can be defined now as learning. Failing is learning. And I think that that is a lot more encouraging Then making failure this devastating, horrific event in your life. And so many famous people, so many successful people have testimonies about their failures, yet we forget about it. We look at their lives and we see this beautiful, magical situation and think that's so incredible, look at everything that they're doing right, but we forget that they failed on the way to success and they probably will fail again. Because that's the journey of life. If you're moving towards your goal, you are risking failure, you are risking getting it wrong. But if you get it wrong, then you know, great, don't do that. Let's do something else. It is not so devastating. So my new definition of success and failure is succeeding is learning or success is progress and failing is learning. How fun does that sound instead? If we then look at our children's report with new eyes, and we look at how we could read the report, yes, there's a definitive line of you've failed the subject or you've passed the subject. But in the schooling system, the success and failure in the the government requirements I understand the need for this barrier or these definitions because you don't want to go to a next level without mastering the basics of the first. But we need to start focusing on different things. If these expectations and results on reports are not addressed correctly, they could be very damaging to our teen's confidence and sense of self-worth. And we need confidence and self-worth to do anything, to to want to do things. It's fascinating to me that as adults we're very aware of our strengths and our weaknesses and have hence chosen career paths or lifestyles that support this. Yet we do not do the same for our kids. We're so desperate for them to be good at everything. So they have options. What a lot of pressure. Now, let me tell you, I was not great. Okay, let's rephrase. I was terrible at physical science in grade eight and nine at school. I had absolutely no interest in learning how much work it took to pick a stone up off the floor and put it on a chair. I, at the time, did not possess the ability, due to lack of effort and lack of interest, to fully grasp these concepts. I also like to think that I don't think I had the talent at the time to grasp these concepts. My mind had not yet developed that kind of thinking. And therefore I did poorly at physics. Now lucky for me, I already at that point knew what I was good at and what career path I wanted to pursue which was music. My parents who I love so much for doing this for me supported me one hundred percent. When I dropped From higher-grade maths, at that time it was higher-grade, now it's core, to standard-grade maths at the beginning of my matric year, they understood and supported me. Do I regret not excelling in physics and suffering through maths higher-grade? Not for one second. Am I a failure in life because I did not become a doctor or a lawyer? No. Have I had less opportunities because I didn't take the recommended subjects to open millions of doors for me? No. My life, as you heard in episode one, has taken many unexpected and incredible turns that have really led to magnificent growth. That have led me to careers and shifts and changes and and opportunities that I would not have had If I had suffered through physics and suffered through maths and possibly had a confidence knock in high school. If I had not spent my time honing my skills as a musician in high school, I probably wouldn't have studied music. I probably wouldn't have become a performer and all the rest. I love my life and I feel like it's because i focused on what I'm good at. Of course we are hounded with things that we are not good at and we want to improve. Yes, of course. We want to get better at certain things, but I'm not focused on it. I'm not beating myself up because I'm not great at sports, which is another thing (laughs) I'm not very good at. That's a place for somebody else, and I'm fine with it. And I'm not focused on becoming a sportsman just because I should be good at everything. So what would happen if we as a society, parents, teachers, children, focused on nurturing and developing strengths? What would happen if all the time we usually spend on subjects that our teens are just not naturally good at or even hate, and rather spend the time on the subjects that they love and excel in, regardless of whether we think it's going to lead to a stable career or not? It's their life. Should they not love it? Now I'm not saying we must let them fail, these subjects of concern. I did not fail physics. I did not fail maths. But I did not do well at them. They do need to learn to persevere and try their best and deal with discomfort. But what I'm saying is let's channel more time into their talents and interests so that they can achieve excellent results in these, which will boost their confidence and help them be better and in a better mindset to tackle the difficult things, to tackle the uncomfortable things, because at least they know they're good at something. They're excelling at something, so it's a little bit okay not to be perfect at that. And it also helps them know that the subject results do not define them as human beings. Let's look at our children's reports, as I said earlier, with new eyes. Let's have a discussion with them about the subjects they like and dislike and why. Discuss why they're achieving and struggling and help them to see that they don't have to be excellent at everything because of the old saying, jack of all trades, Master of none. Let's support them in dealing with the difficult subjects, but not letting it break them down. Now, for all my left brain listeners, let's quickly touch on how we can measure our child's progress on their reports in a really good analytical way. What I've done with my clients when measuring their academic progress is I've created an Excel spreadsheet. I love a good Excel spreadsheet. Now, I know some of you might wonder why on earth this creative lady is in love with Excel. Well, I suppose it's part of me that likes to see the data represented well. And here's where it all makes sense. Remember when I said earlier that I dropped from maths higher grade to maths standard grade? It was due to me not being super crazy about maths, especially mental maths. So Excel is my perfect partner because it does all the maths for me and I'm able to focus on the results. Plus, I can create super fun graphs and visuals using the data. Anyway, back to the details. Let's pretend we do this from the beginning of the year. You can do this for this whole year if you want to, because you should have that all on the report. In Excel, I type a list of the core and important subjects down the left-hand column, first column, which includes subjects that are important to my student. For instance, in, in my case, it was music. In the column next to that, I then type the term one report results. Next to that, the term two report results. Then I use a formula in column three to calculate the difference between the two. I do this all in percentages, by the way. We then discuss these results and celebrate the good stuff and make plans for the subjects that have possibly had a decline or have maintained. We then look at creating goals or setting good goals for term three. When setting goals, please do not set goals that are like 30-40% higher than where they're at, the eventual goals, because that's going to be very demotivating because it's unrealistic to jump 40% in a subject in one term. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some time. So rather set a goal that's a little closer, it must be above where they're at, but a little closer. And when we also set that goal, let's make it a range. So let's pretend we have a student that has 65% for maths. Let's pretend. The goal that we could set for them is 70 to 75. That's a big jump, but it's not so ridiculous that we say to them to go from 65 to 95. I mean, that makes my brain want to explode. So set good goals for every single subject and put a nice range. Then once term three is completed and we receive the report, we type in the term three results next to that goals column, and we check how many of the goals we've smashed, and we celebrate. Even if it's the bottom of the range, it's in range they have achieved the goal. Amazing. If the goal was not reached, we discuss why and make plans. Remember? Failing is learning. We learn from it. Then we calculate the difference between term two and term three, and we set the new goals for term four with beautiful ranges that are not impossible. And so incrementally, we help them to get to the eventual goal. Now, if we're looking specifically, if we're at the end of the year, which we are, I do want to also mention that it's good to compare apples with apples end-of-year result is generally an exam result, depending on the school's procedures. But we look at their exam result, and we need to compare that to another time that they wrote an exam to check are they improving at doing exams, because that's another beast completely, and we'll have a separate session on that. So what we could do if your child's school does a June exam is we can then compare, using our beautiful Excel spreadsheet, how did they improve In the November exam, as opposed to the June exam, comparing apples with apples. And that is an incredible way to really see what is going on. Because some students achieve beautifully in a term, a normal term where there's just tests sporadically throughout the term, and others completely flop in exams or really struggle with exams or really excel in exams. We don't know. Depends on the child. But it's good to compare apples with apples. And even when you're looking between term two and term three, remember that you're comparing an exam with a regular term. So also bear that in mind. So Excel is a fantastic tool for tracking and assessing progress in this way, as you can keep it for all the years that are in high school. Amazing. I love it. So fun. And if using this tool makes you break out in a sweat, because Excel is just too much for you, it happens it's fine. Then use a book and a calculator. And if that's too much for you, then that's what my company's for. Hire your child a life coach and then we will do all the tracking and we will create beautiful presentations for you and you can just bask in the glory of your child's growth. Whatever floats your boat, as long as we are looking at the report and not only seeing just the term isolated. We're comparing, we're tracking progress, we're seeing the ups and the downs and there will be ups and downs going up because as they increase in grade, the difficulty increases, the expectation increases. So there will be a natural decline slightly between certain grades and we should expect that just because your child was achieving straight 90s in grade four does not mean they will achieve straight 90s when they get to grade 10. It is not realistic because as the subject content increases, the difficulty increases, it will become more evident where their strengths lie and where their weaknesses, and I put that in quotation marks, are. And we should be focusing in on the strength areas. Nurturing the weaknesses, of course, but focusing and celebrating the strengths. Just like we spoke about last week, let's celebrate the wins in their strength subjects and any small improvements in the others. Let's reflect on all the failures and look at the lessons learnt this year. Then, most importantly, let's reflect on all the other highlights of the year and do this every year to show them that they're not only academic beings but beautiful humans who are imperfect but are growing and improving and finding their love and their purpose in life. I'd like to end with a quote by an incredible woman who's a former number one ranked American triathlete, cancer survivor and brilliant motivational speaker, Siri Lindley. I saw Siri give a talk at an amazing international women's conference earlier this year and she inspired me so much with her passion, with her determination to focus on what she feels is important in her life. If you ever get the chance to watch a talk by this firecracker, grab it with both hands. So her quote reads as follows. Let's learn to dance with failure. When you fail, you learn. When you learn, you grow. When you grow, you make progress towards your dreams. Progress equals success. I love this quote. I want a huge poster in my office, in my room, on my mirror, in my window, in my bathroom. She's an amazing speaker and I love this quote more than any that I've seen with regards to success and failure. I hope that what we've spoken about today awakens some thoughts, awakens some new perspective so that we can start to create incredible change in the lives of our children. As I said at the beginning, I'm worried. I'm worried for our young people. They lost because they're overwhelmed. They lost because of the pressure. They lost because maybe they just have no idea what they're good at. They lost because maybe they feel like they're good at nothing, which is so untrue. We've all been gifted with various inclinations and we've all been gifted with beautiful talents. We just need to find them and nurture and grow them so that we can be successful as we grow through life. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for listening to my podcast and your support and your beautiful comments and emails that you sent me. I look forward to the journey ahead as I learn to become successful at podcasting. <laughs> and as I fail through podcasting and learn through that, I really look forward to this beautiful journey we're on together. Bye-bye. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to take things to a new level in your or your child's life, visit empowermecoachingsa.co.za and sign up for one of our personalized coaching programs. Let's do this. See you next time.